This is what happens at the through line when everyone's home and you need to record a podcast. You get River Roozies. Get back out of here. Say hello. <laughs> hello. And you get Reedsy, or now known as RJ. I got Come on. That's kind of what happens. Did you guys have a good Christmas? Yes. What'd you get? Presents. Good presents? Yeah. What'd you get? My sister got coal. You got oh, you making jokes. You got coal? No, you're you're a good egg. Alright. Ah! Alright, you're gone. Say goodbye. Bye bye. Say goodbye. Bye bye. Scoot. Watch your step on the way out. That's what happens when you have uh, two tiny humans that are alive in your home and know that you're recording something. They don't know what it is. You're like, I got to go do a podcast. So like your TV show. And you're like, yeah, sure. Like, I guess for kids nowadays, YouTube is TV. You know what I mean? People don't care. They're like, yeah, some guy talking in his room. Yeah, I'll watch that. Happy holidays, everybody. Did everyone have a great... Let's see. Are you still in Hanukkah? You're not. Hanukkah would be over. Let's see. Sunday was one, two, three, four, five, six. Oh, so it's over. Hanukkah's over. Christmas is over. And while you're listening to this, so is New Year's. First apology to everyone out there who listens on iTunes or Stitcher or Apple Music, wherever you Spotify, wherever you're listening to the podcast... Apologies that uh, we were not up last week. Things happen. You know, I've been podcasting now, first with the Crab Feast, with Sickle Cell, Ryan Sickler, and now on the through line. And uh, I never missed a week. That wasn't planned. We missed weeks at the Crab Feast to take weeks off. But that was the first time I've ever missed a week. We got it up a day late on YouTube. But everywhere else, it's not. So... I apologize for that. You know what? And uh, listen, you know who I am. Things are going to happen in people's lives that you work with. And uh, what am I going to do? Get hung up about it? No, I'm not. I'm going to move forward and just be like, oh, yeah, I'm sure some of you were bummed. Some of you probably didn't even notice. You know what I mean? It was a day after Christmas for some of you. Yo, when you're not boozing... I've been crushing root beers. Now, my friends know that I love root beer. So, like, when we have holidays or parties, they stock up on root beer for me because they know I'm not drinking. And I never buy soda for the house. I'll get a Coke when I'm out and get a burger. I can't, it's almost really hard for me to have, like, pizza or burgers, fries without a Coke. But I got these Hanson's All-Natural root beers. Not a sponsor, but they could be if they want to be. Naturally flavored and other natural flavors. Ingredients. You want to know the ingredients? Carbonated filtered water, cane sugar, caramel color, natural flavors, citric acid. Not a ton. And it's delicious. It is delicious. At Hanson's, we're all about crafting remarkable flavors from simple ingredients. Real cane sugar, of course. So I think there's like something... I mean, everyone's been on that tip fucking sugar is going to kill you. Sugar is a killer. It's going to kill everybody. But 
then everyone was like doing sugar substitutes and everyone's like, dude, not doing sugar. I got this subby. And then you find out like, oh yeah, that's going to kill you. And then people are like, oh man, you want real cane sugar. Whatever. It's all going to kill us. <clears throat> I bought a six pack. This is the last one. I've been off the rails. So I apologize for not being up. And uh want to say here we are or here you are. I'm not there yet. I'm here. But 2020... New Year. I tell me if you're the same way. I just can't wait for the year to be over once the holidays are done. Like for me, once Christmas is over, I'm like, let's go, let's go. I don't want to. I want everything to go away. Like I, because when that tree's up, we're eating like crap. Excuse me. Family's coming over. We're chilling. Everything is. I just can't get in this mode. And like I had shows last night. I have shows tonight. And all I want to do is just like chill with the family. And so I'm like, let's just let the year... I just like... It's hard for me to like say I'm not going to put in a veils at the clubs because you want to work, you know? And it's like you just... I don't know. This is like that stand-up mentality. But all I want to do is not work and chill and get into 2020 and start living the new life. You know what I mean? Because that's what we're doing, right? 2020, let's start a new life. What's going to be the new way of looking at things? Oh, I'm stoked. I'm stoked to do new and more things. Uh, big thanks to everyone who watched the Christmas special, who shared the Christmas special, who commented on the Christmas special. I've said it a million times. That means more than anything. Is anytime you share, anytime you like, you comment on anything. When you when I go up on YouTube, these episodes, and you comment, it's just it's all gravy. It's all gravy. So I appreciate everybody. By the way, we did no gravy this year. Let me tell you something about gravy. Not a fan. I just don't need it. What do I need? Who's making good gravy? Nobody. No one is making a great gravy that you're like, ah, I can't wait for that gravy. Nobody. At least that was the experience in my house. Never had anyone making good gravy. It was like, my nana, decent gravy, but you know, I'm sure there's great gravy out there, but is it really making or breaking? No, it's not. I think I talked about this. Want to make this announcement before we continue. January 15th, Westside Comedy Theater, 10 o'clock p.m. Please join. I'm going to do some straight stand-up, some crowd work, and there's a couple stories I've been working on that I can't figure out that I'm going to do. So, please come on. It's at 10 o'clock, Westside Comedy Theater. Fahim Anwar is going to be there. Ruben Paul is going to be there. Mark Saratello is going to be there. It's going to be a fantastic show, and I would love to have you there. So mark it on your calendars. You have 13 days, two weeks. Invite some friends. Say, hey, let's let's go out. It's 10 o'clock show. Let's watch some fun stand-up on the west side. Go to dinner before. Get to the show at 10. Have a drink. You know, make it a Wednesday night to remember. Wednesday nights. I re- that's how I first started. I started doing a stand-up show on Wednesday nights in Santa Monica. That was my uh, that was my go-to. <laughs> this is what we're debating: going skiing. Who out there has skied? Here's my deal with skiing. Skiing growing up was like a rich kids thing. Like only rich kids went skiing because it was like you need a gear. It's like hockey. You need a lot of gear, which is expensive. Skis, poles, mask, 
helmet. Don't you need a helmet? I think you need a helmet, jackets, gloves, pants. That's a ton of gear. And you're continually growing. And then ski passes are super expensive. And like, you know, that was not something. And then time, you know what I mean? It's not like you can uh, ski in your backyard. You got to drive to two hours, four hours, six hours for good ski. It's like, who has time to do that? That was not something that was going on in my house. There was the ski club in my town, like where kids would join the ski club. And you can get like, this dude hit me up and he was like, hey man, do you ski? I'm like, nah. And he's like, oh, we're part of this like group of people. We all pass down our clothes. And I was like, oh, how dope is that? I mean, there needs to be more of passing down of shit. My cousin, the kid's cousin, he's like, I think, you know what I mean? I don't know what happens when your cousin has a kid. Is it your nephew cousin? I don't know what it is. It's my kid's like second or third cousin. But they came over the other night and he brought, he saved this kid. I guess it was his dad. All of his Lego sets. He saved the boxes and the instructions. And they're in like mint condition. And then all the pieces in a plastic Ziploc bag. And he gave two sets to my kids. And I was like, who had the foresight? He's been selling them on eBay. He's crushing. He makes a ton of money on them. And I'm like, yeah, like we should be doing that with everything. People want this stuff and there's a way and there's a market for it. Um, but there should be more places like that. Like there was a secondhand like clothing store for kids in Larchmont Village in LA, which is like a little, it's a nice neighborhood. And I would stop in there all the time. You know, there's one over here in the West, but there should be one like, you got to grow out of clothes so quick. People need stuff so quick. It's just like, who's going to maintain the shop and how, you know, whatever. <laughs> I can't start that business. Um, anyway, that's what they do with this, like, this, like, group of people out here for skiing. So, skiing for me was never something, like, I remember going sledding as a kid. Now, for me as a kid, sledding was a long plastic sled it was like a you know two seater it had like plastic handles on the side and the back and the front so two people one in the front one in the back it was like you know it was a, it was light you could carry it you know and we go to this place and it's like sledding never lasts long enough you know what i mean it's just like quick like where are you going there a place open in massachusetts in amesbury massachusetts and you would they had like a tow rope going where you would sit in your tube because there was all tubes there. They would give you the sleds. Anyway, back what I was going to say is they had these plastic sleds. That's what everyone had. Then they had the saucer, you know, like the saucer sleds that were hard plastic. In uh, National, Chris, the Griswold's Family Christmas, that's what he had. He had the silver one, the steel one. These are plastic. But then kids had the tube sleds. When dudes had tube sleds, that was the shit. Those things flew. They were cozy. You could run and jump on them and be comfortable. The best. Now, we never had... I never had a tube sled. I have no idea why. We just had the the um, plastic ones. That's what we would have. Like, you... We had friends that had that. I don't know why. It's just like... It's funny. Like, I see it in my kids now. There's, like, certain things that other kids have. And I'm like, yeah, we're just not getting that. And they're like, all right. And you're like, I'm like, oh, I wonder if I was like that when I was a kid or if I always like, no, man, I want this tube sled. Either way, this place in Amesbury opened up and you would like sit down, get pulled up by a rope all the way up because it was a huge hill. And then you would tube down and like you could connect your tubes and 
baller. And I'm like, do you know how dope it would be if they made like ski places that were just for tubing? Like, think of it, right? Think of this. You're probably like, dude, fucking shut up. If you're like a skier or a snowboarder, like, no, man, the mountain, the mountains, whatever it is. If they built banks or like you had like sticks with like a little thing that you could push and just stay on course, I think it'd be rad. Like banks, you go up, come back down. It'd be nasty. Um, I know that's probably never going to happen, but I would love it. Um, let's see. We would go slide. So we're anyway, I'm going to get back to the ski. We, I went skiing one time in my life, one time. And my friend Jeff Focon invited me to go to New Hampshire. I didn't take a lesson. He just took me out on skis. He just took me down like the bunny slope. We went down the bunny slope a bunch of times. Like, you just got to do this. And I was like, I think I was like 12 or 14. And I was a pretty good athlete. You know what I mean? Not like, you know, wasn't going pro or anything, but like played varsity soccer and baseball, played baseball in college. It's a pretty good athlete. You know, I could pick things up. I had good coordination, but there was like something about skiing. Skiing takes in another factor and that's death. You know what I mean? That's what it takes in. It's not like you're just doing a sport. Basketball, yeah, you're playing a sport. Are you going to die? Probably not. I mean, you could, but probably not. Skiing, could you die? Yes, very easily. How? I don't know. You don't turn back and you go. Jump, you fly off the cliff. Or you're driving down and you fly into the giant um, ski lift supporter thing concrete you know whatever i don't know what it's called but there are ways to die skiing is hardcore my brother's eye fell out of his socket snowboarding so there's things that can happen right and i don't know why when he took me up there he was just like yeah i'll just teach you and i was like yeah okay yeah you know what i mean it was to me it was like yeah okay we could do that it was that's what it was going to be and i and i did it and so we went down the bunny slope maybe i don't know four five times maybe i have no clue also i don't remember the bunny slope now that i'm talking about it i can see one time down but after that he's like let's go out and do an intermediate i think there's like blue green black is that the way it goes i don't know but blue is like the lowest level and i just remember like he taught me how to snow plow and i was just snow plowing the whole way down the mountain and then so we did that. And how cool is he as a friend that he was like, and his parents, they, they had to pay for a lift ticket for me. And I don't know what was going on for, you know, I know my mom wasn't like getting me the money. I can't imagine. I have no idea how that all went down. And then I remember going down another time down because like once we did the intermediate, he's like, all right, we're just going to do intermediate. I was like, all right. So another time I'm going down, I'm snow plowing, and now there's like a, tr- a, a like a class happening, and there's a train of kids, and I had to like get around them, or I was going to crash in all these kids, you know, which is terrifying. You're just like it's a, everyone's there. You don't, you know, back then you just like it can be so embarrassing to not be good, and I was not good, and so I made my way around them. But what happens? The snow plow opened up, and now I was skiing, but not like I couldn't go. <laughs> It looks so easy. Everyone you see like, and then you get out there and you're like, and you're like, oh, I'm just going 100 miles an hour straight. 
And I skied all the way down, almost like into the lodge. And I remember I was like frozen, just tears coming down, not from crying, but from like the cold. And my buddy pulled up. He's like, dude, you were killing it. I'm like, no, I wasn't. I was petrified the whole time. We go back up. Now we're coming down a different intermediate and it like came down and it turned. Now, let me tell you something. Everything that skiing is, is things that intrigue me. Outdoors. Uh, adventure, skill, um, cool fucking transportation, like in the ski lift, uh, view, quiet, nature, peace. It's got everything. Cool lodges with fireplaces where you get a hot chocolate. I mean, dude, this is what I would want life to be. So we go up. And this one was like, it wasn't like a super wide, what do they call those? Slope? Is it a, the slope? You take a different slope or trail? I don't know. What path? It wasn't like uh, we went up to this one and it came down and it was beautiful. And I wiped out. And this dude came down and like a ski fell off. This dude came down and jumped over me. Literally lifted himself, jumped over me. First of all, I was like, dude, you're not supposed to be on this. Ro- you should be on a different trail. You should be on a black diamond. Do you know how humiliating that is? Some dude's like, could I go around? Yeah. Am I gonna? Nah. I'll jump over you when you're humiliated down there on the ground by yourself. I don't know how many runs we did. I know that. Let's think about this too, by the way. That is the beauty of friendship when you're a kid. When you're a kid, and it's not like like I see it in my kids' age, like their age, Five years old, six, seven. Those kids are still dicks. Like, they still don't have this whereabouts. They're still, like, selfish in a way. They still want everything to be the way they want. Like, if they're at a party, they're not thinking about, oh, this friend's not having fun. I should just be with that friend. They're like, I want to do what's fun. And they don't consider someone. Like, I saw it happen a ton with my son. You know, he had a really tough time starting kindergarten. I think I've mentioned that. And we went to like a like a block party. And one of his friends wanted to do something that he didn't want to do. And he got left out. And he was just so wide open from kindergarten. He was so emotional. And this other kid doesn't understand that, you know, hey, just hang with your friend. He's like, no, nah, I want to do what I want to do. <clears throat> and that's just, you know, that age. But when you're like 12, 10, 14, you're like... I'm skiing and I got one friend on vacation with me and it's the best and you don't give a shit. At least that's what I'm guessing. He didn't care. He wasn't like, oh, this is the worst. He's so bad. It was like, oh man, I love that I have my friend up here with him and I'm trying. He was like teaching me. So skiing is one of those things that I wish I had learned and I wish I was good at. So the whole point of this is we got invited to go up our neighbor's someone gave them a condo for like four days and it's huge. And they said, why don't you guys come up? And we've never gone up there. And and Reed, my son has talked about how he wants to learn how to snowboard. Now, let me tell you something. I have, he took skating lessons and he just like was very timid. He can't like stride. He wasn't like he was always nervous of falling and stuff like that. But he would go every week and be like, "Yeah, I'm doing it." So I said to him like, "You want to go take a lesson? 
I will take lessons with you. And I've always kind of like thought like, I bet I could snowboard. I have no idea. I mean, I might find out. I might kill myself. But I was like, you know, one of the beautiful things of like, I guess you can ski a lot of places. Even in LA, you know, it's two hours away. We're going six hours away. But you can ski. And it's like one of the beautiful things is that you can do that. I mean, you can do it, you know, on the East Coast. You can do it all over, like out in Montana, obviously, and across the world. People ski. And I know that at a young age, if you can get them down, like he doesn't even want to ride a bike, okay? Like he has to like, you know, but I'm willing to, to try. So I think that's like, I feel like that's something I need to do in the new year is I got to start taking on things or trying new things that for what i don't know why i mean why do we do that why do we say well you gotta try new things i mean i get it and i think we always have to be challenging ourselves right challenging ourselves to grow to see something a different way and like maybe what if it's like all of a sudden turns into my thing i just part of me is like there's no fucking way it's gonna be your thing dude there's no time what are you going to go? How many weekends a year? How much are you spending? But I said, fuck it. Let's just take a goddamn lesson. Yes, I'm probably going to beat my body up. But uh, I want to do it because I think it'll be good. I have someone calling. Of course, it's that's spam. They just spam you. They don't give a fuck. They don't care. I thought that was the whole thing with cell phones. Like, no, you can't even get like, remember like that's all your home phone would be is just like people calling you like, get out of my home. We should be able to choose. Now they just get you wherever they want. Now you can block it, Jay. Oh, can you? Yeah, you block it and then they just call in on a different number. Well, you can block that one. Shut the fuck up. You can't block anything. Um, What's your deal with skiing? Remember when that Kennedy fucking was skiing and he threw a football and died is that the right story I just look at it so what I was going to say is we would go sledding at that place in Amesbury but in 5th grade this is how badass life was for me and I don't know if this was everyone else's case I know it's not the case now but in 5th grade I would just walk across town Granted, it's all like side streets and like no main roads or anything. Already in a small town. Like in my town, there's two main roads. There's Main Street that goes just through my town. Then there's Montvale Ave that comes off the highway that goes up to the center of town. And then there's maybe, there's like other streets like Elm Street, Oak Street, all these streets. They weren't main streets. There was only one lane on each side. But like that's where people, there was no stop signs for a while. And people could like, I don't know, drive 40 miles an hour. Those are the, those are like the busy streets. So this was like, you could just, we lived in this area that like just pushed out. And it was all residential side, small streets. And you would like, you know, I could walk down. I'd pass Robin Hood school, cut through that back area, go down, and then I was over to this kid's Gerard Lehman's house. But I, this that I was the best. I was just like, all right, I'm out. And you just had like such independence in fifth grade, fourth grade, third grade. I would walk to Rye Young's house, but go go play. I feel like that's not something that kids do anymore or are allowed to do. So we went over to go sledding, right? Fifth grade. 
and we had tubes and it was it wasn't a giant hill it was like a small hill and uh, I'm sledding down the hill me and Gerard Lehman are in this on this tube sledding down and Mike O'Toole as we we start down we get to about here he comes he's walking up the hill sees us he dishes his sled and jumps on with us but when he jumps on, he lands on my head, part of his body, and puts my face into the ground, and we go all the way down the hill. Now, I told you, it's not a big hill, but still, you're going down the hill maybe like 40 yards, you know, the whole hill, and my face is in the snow, but it's not snow. You've been sledding down it, so it's like packed, and it's like, you know, like a tight layer of ice kind of thing, and I just get down the bottom i'd scrape my whole side of my face off and like Gerard was like dude so we went to his house i don't know if there were parents there i think we just like patched it up on our own and then i walk home you know you walk home you know maybe i had some soup and then you just walk at home the whole face and guess what i loved it i Loved it. Like, I always wanted a black eye as a kid. I wanted recognition. I wanted attention. I didn't care how I got it. Black eye? Sure. I never got a black eye. Always wanted one. And I think they look badass. But I had my whole face ripped up. And I remember, like, I remember specifically waiting in waiting in the lunch ticket line, right? And, like, in Robin Hood school and people being like, what happened to your face? And I'm like, oh, yeah, fucking, uh, you know, sledding sledding injury and they're like oh my god <laughs> oh, i used to love sledding but you know so we had the, that long plastic sled i'm gonna bounce back and forth and i would stand up on it going down the hill back before there was even snowboarding and i would always get down and like that was like a rush for us was trying to stand up going down the hill so i'm like yeah i think i could be good at snowboarding might not be i never i also like Water skiing was another thing. Like, there's something so vulnerable about water skiing. You know what I mean? You got no shirt on. You, you, you're with other people. Whoever has that boat is unbelievable at it. That's the other thing, too, is anytime you're... I think it was the same kid. You like Anytime you're going to partake in something like water skiing, um, you know, not jet skiing, because I feel like anyone can kind of just hop on a jet ski and go... Um, but like skiing, I don't know what else is there. I guess golf, you know, like if I take friends out who don't golf, but people wouldn't do it. That's the thing with golf. People are like, nah, I'm not golfing. I'm terrible at it. But they're like, yeah, I'll try skiing. You know, just try golf. It's fun. But it's not. <laughs> if you're not good at golf, it's going to suck. Same with skiing. Same with water skiing. Dude, I remember we never water skied, but my uncle, you know, my uncle had a boat. My grandfather had a boat. And they had this like long, it was almost like a surfboard that they would attach to the boat and you would, you would like lay on it, just lay on it. You couldn't stand, obviously it would just get pulled off from underneath you and then he'd pull you. And if you wanted to go faster, you would like go like this, thumbs up. I was young, fourth grade, maybe third grade, fourth or fifth grade, maybe sixth I'm trying to think of like when we stopped going to my grandmother's house. Probably right around in there. And I was like holding on to the board and I wanted to tell him to like turn it up. I thought I was badass. I'm like, I'm killing this. Let's have him crank it up. And I go like that. And when I do, I had to lean I lean down with the other arm on the front of the board 
and then he gunned it and the board got sucked underwater and so I was like above water and the water is just hitting me in the face and I chugged like two gallons of salt water and I just like finally let go you ever go out on someone they have a boat and they have like a tube tied to it and they're like Ooh. it's it's not fun there is nothing fun about that they rip you out and you have to hold on by dear you there's nothing relaxing going on okay there is nothing you if i told you hey do you want to get towed behind a boat and you'll be in a raft you'd be like yeah that sounds amazing it is not everyone wants to crank it and then they want to spin out where you go because if you let go too you're getting chucked which essentially you know what they say if you like jump off a bridge and you land on the water it's like concrete because it's just like what i don't know why but that's what it is but with this it's like it's not concrete but it's like you're getting thrown across a field and your body's just flailing around you're like what is there's nothing fun about this yeah it's like you see how long you can hold on no Nothing about that interests me. You know what interests me? A lazy river. A lazy river. That's what interests me. We went to our friend's wedding in Turks and Caicos, which, by the way, hard pass for me. I If I never went to Turks and Caicos in my life, it would be perfect. I just am not into it. Wasn't into it. Great trip, by the way but not into it. We took mopeds. (laughs) Me and two other dudes were like, one of the dudes was like, hey, should we get mopeds and cruise the island? And I was like, yeah. And I said to my wife, I'm like, you cool if I go? She's like, yeah, we're going to go do whatever. I'm like, okay, because you go for like three days. And we pull, they didn't, first of all, they were like, you guys ever ride a moped before? And we're all like, yeah. They're like, all right, cool. Take them. And they were all out of like the little ones. So these things like went up to like 60 miles an hour. And, uh, like, I had ridden a, mo- a moped, but, like, not that I can remember, right? And it's not like I have a skill set in mopeding. You're like, oh, I can ride a bike. This is just a fast bike. It's like a scooter. Like, I'll get the handle. Sure. That's what we thought. So we're leaving the lot, and Turks and Caicos is, like, one road in the whole island. And it's, like, people just are going, like, 45 and we're sitting there waiting to pull out of this thing and it's the three of us and our one friend Dave goes first and he's always wanted a motorcycle he's told he was telling us how he wants a motorcycle his wife was like I'm not letting you get a motorcycle he's like I want a motorcycle and she's like he it, it was like a conversation that had been happening the first day and a half of this trip so we pull out he pulls out and then I then cars keep because no one's like waiting to let you go. People just go, and then there was another break, and I was like, "Oh, I'll go." So I get out, and I'm driving, and I'm not, I'm not exaggerating. Hundred and eighty yards, hundred and eighty yards down the road, I see a crashed moped, <laughs> and our friend Dave is laid out, and I'm like, "What the fuck?" I pull over. I go, "What happened?" He goes, "I don't know." I like. A car came because nobody, no no one there is like, everyone's just like, yeah, we're driving, dude. Either you figure it out. I'm sure they're like anyone is around tourists. They're like, fuck you. Like, nobody likes a tourist. No one. Unless you're in tourism. You know what I mean? Otherwise, it's just like, get the fuck out of here. We don't need you here. Why are you here? 
I don't want to slow down because you don't know the roads. I don't want to give you direction. I don't want to do any of that. And that's what it was like. So, like, he was trying to make a turn or something, and the car wasn't moving, and he tried to, like, you know, he wasn't familiar enough with the moped to know where the brake was, and he crashed into, like, a curb, and it was bad, and he fucked up his leg bad. So then, like, we were like, oh, let's go somewhere, and, you know, we should <laughs> we should practice a little. So we went to this parking lot and then we all practiced like, okay, we got it, right? This is, try super fast, try slowing down. We all had it and we're like, okay, now let's go find the hospital because you have got to see someone. His leg was bad. He broke a toe, I'm pretty sure. Like, I think he broke a toe. He had flip-flops on. You're on Turks and Caicos. So we went to the hospital. It was just, it was hilarious. So while we were there, they had like, you know, these guys have boats in like by the beach and I don't know if they were with the resort or just had, like, their own company. But, like, you could go parasailing. You could, you know, get on a banana tube, which is another miserable thing. It's just five people in a long tube, and then they pull you in a boat, and then you fall. And you're like, what is real- what about this is anything that we think would be great? So they have this thing. And it's like a big, imagine a giant lazy boy raft where, like, six people can fit across. And they have, like, little handles you hold on to. First of all, the boat is spewing oil smoke. You know what I mean? You're just huffing gas the whole ride. You're like, there is nothing about this that is great. We're just getting ripped in this big chair. And I'm like, I'm like, this is not pleasant. We're all, you're fighting for your life to hold on. The thing ripped. It just ripped right out. I'm like, I handle's done. I, now I'm barely, I got one hand I'm holding on, and I'm with girls, and they're like laughing, and I'm like, nothing about this to me is a good time. And then the fucking thing popped, and we just <laughs> all skidded out and wiped out. And then I was like, well, do we get our money back? What did we just do? What did we just pay that guy 40 cash in the beach? There was no there was no cash. There was no transaction. It was just like, hey, how much ahead? Uh, it's 20 ahead. And you're like, all right, 40 bucks. Boom. We all do it. The boat explodes or the raft explodes and we're huffing fumes. And you're like, that's it. And you're like, oh, that's it. And you're like, all right, do we get our money? No, you don't get your money back. They got to go buy a new raft. It sucks. Not a fan of Turks and Caicos. Not a fan of getting pulled in a raft. Stupid. I'd like to be that guy. I'm just not. I like adventure. You know what I love? Whitewater rafting. That's what I love. There's no boat pulling you. You got to survive. And people, I've talked to many people about whitewater rafting because I always explain it like this. It's my favorite thing that I never do. Again, it's like you got to live near rapids to whitewater raft. Now, if you lived in like Denver, you can like there's like a there's a rafting park in the middle of the city. You can just go there and practice. So I've whitewater rafted twice in Maine, once in Colorado, and then did I do it in Oregon? No, and then once in Honduras. What? Fuck you. Yeah, I rafted in Honduras, and I love it, dude. I never, people like, aren't you afraid that like, you know, people can die and like, what if your raft gets tipped? Never been in a raft that tipped it, tipped it, that's not a word, tipped, 
and I just love everything about it. You're like, everyone's got to work together. If one person isn't like paddling, you're fucked. And it's like a teamwork thing, but it's like, and it's, again, you're in nature. The water is crystal clear. At least you think it is. Like in Maine, when I went in Maine, they would tell you like, hey, it's going to be a while to the next rapid. If you guys want to jump out of the boat and just float, go for it. And they're like, they would just tell you, keep your feet out in front of you and keep your toes like this. In case there's a rock, you would just bump it. You know what I mean? But if you have it down, you could get caught. You could break your leg. It's precautionary. Don't take everything so serious. So I loved it. And it was like crystal clear mountain water. And I would just like, you know, spit it and just feel, you know, whatever. So when we were in, I, I had this memory of being a kid that I would drink all fresh water like we would go to this lake in New Hampshire and I would just like drink the water and I was like, God, it's so clear. And now that I look back, I'm, I'm like, this is probably the fucking grossest shit. Cause when we were in Honduras, I was like, we were like, it was just me and my wife and our guide and we were like rafting. And I was like, dude, what, can we like hop out at any point? And he's like, um, ah, yeah, I mean you could, but like, you know, you could just stay in the boat. I'm like, ah, I just want to like drink some of that water. And he's like, Oh yeah, do not drink the water. And I was like, huh? And he goes, yeah, like the, um, if you go way up the river, there are like villagers and they do everything in the river. And I was like, what do you mean everything? He's like, well, they they go to the bathroom in it. They wash their clothes in it. They use the water, you know, and I was like, oh, all right, all right. Different vibe than I thought. And you're like, well, where else are you going to put this shit? And it was like the most beautiful river. And you're like, oh, but it's covered with shit. I remember there was like this one spot and he's like, hey, do you want to get out and jump off that cliff? And it was like, I, I, I guess it was between 15 to 18 feet, the drop. And I was like, yeah. And I'm like, I'm always like, yeah, I'm going to try anything as much as I can that I'm not going to, you know, whatever. And we get up there and it's like one of those things where you're like, it's not like he's, this is just like a random idea. He probably does this with every group. He knows it. So anytime it's a situation like that for me, I, I'm not scared or I'm not hesitant because I'm just like, this is something that they're doing all the time. They've already checked the bottom. They know how deep it is, you know, all that shit. Like when we used to go to this quarry to swim, you know, th- you would see other kids jump off and everyone used to go there. But if you just went to a quarry that you've never been to, someone's like, hey, I heard about this quarry spot. I think I would probably be hesitant and be like, how do we know? Do we know how deep it is, you know, especially at my age now? Back when you were, like, in high school and you were just like, fucking yes. Yeah. So, wait, someone said it's fine? You would just go. Now I'm just, maybe, whatever. So, I'm about to jump off with this guy. I jump off and you don't realize when you're, how heavy you are. I mean, I know I'm a heavier dude, but, like, you don't get that gravity is just fucking tearing you to the ground. I just remember being like, holy shit, I'm moving. And then you hit the ground, and I had a life vest on, and I went so deep that I'm like, you know, like swimming back up, and I'm like, am I going to be able to, am I going to lose my breath by the time I get, like, I was like, holy shit, I'm running out of air. And then I finally hit the top. Anyway, I love whitewater rafting. It is so much fun. We went, my buddy was a guide in Colorado, and I mean, first in Oregon, then Colorado, and all of our there was four of us college buddies and we all went to Colorado to visit our buddy Phil and he took us out on the river and uh I remember like uh 
I had rafted before and sat up front, which I think is like the best. That's the only spot I want to be. I want to be right up front where you can fucking dig into that goddamn river. And uh, the guy was like, anyone get up front? I looked at my boys that had never gone before. I'm like, hey, do you want to you wanna have the front? And they're like, no, go for it. And I was like, well, the guy had said the best rapids are up front. I'm like, oh. I'm like, do you want it? And he's like, no. I'm like, done. So it was me and my friend who's the river guide. I have a picture around here somewhere from that trip. And uh, I remember there was this one rapid and the boat, you know, like moves with the whatever the water's doing. So the boat bent like this and I was in the front. So I get arched and I'm like paddling. And as the boat's going here, a giant rapid just goes, poof, hits me like square in the chest. And I would tuck this like you're sitting on an inflated tube, essentially. And I would tuck my feet. You would tuck them in under, one under and this one in there. So to get like that balance or whatever, support, stabilization. And this water knocked me clear back into my buddy's lap. Like I remember like landing his lap and his face was right here. I'm like, what's up, dude? It was the best. I fucking loved it. I fucking loved it, bro. Don't know how I got here. A lot of people commenting out there on fake fake trees or real trees. You know what's up. Hey, what are you doing? That's just what happens. You can't do anything when you have kids. They're just going to run up. Either you're in or you're out, dude. Get out there. I'll be out in 10 minutes. This is my life. You know what I mean? They're around every corner. There's no place to get away. No place. We have one bathroom. The only solitude in my home is taking a shower. You just take a shower. The other day I was like, oh, I got in the shower. Next thing you know, my wife opens the door. She's in. She's like, got to do a couple things. Then my son comes over. He's like, Daddy. And he's like, over the curtain. And I was like, yeah, buddy. All right. And then I grab my wife. I'm like, what are you doing? I'm like, yeah. Can you just keep everyone out for like, just give me four minutes in here. I just want four minutes. So funny. For my kids, there's no, like our neighbors. My best friend Jay lives next door. And they'll just go over into their house. And Jay was taking a shower. And my son, they don't. This is the beauty of innocence is he'll just go down. My buddy's in the shower. He opens the curtain. He's like, Uncle Jason, and just starts talking to him. And he's like, all right, Reed, get out of here. <laughs> he's like completely naked. You can't do anything, dude. You're so vulnerable. <sighs> Still can't say that word. I don't know if I'll ever be able to say it. Vulnerable. Is that right? Vulnerable. What am I going to do every time pronounce it like that? Vulnerable. Like I was saying it like we were on vacation. And Roy Scovell was like, I was like said vulnerable. And he was vulnerable. Are you vulnerable? And I was just like, first of all, you're making fun of me about a word where people, where people are vulnerable. And I'm just accepted. I'm like, well, I just never be able to say it. How much of you takes the new year and is like like not not concerned but like interested to see what'll happen don't you think that's an element of new year's because we make the you know if you make goals which 
You know me. I am making goals. You have things you're striving towards if you're making goals. How much of us or you is just like, I wonder what's going to happen? Like, how much of it is up to fate? How much of it is it up to, like, what? Because I think the whole universe is kind of like, the more you put yourself out there, the more that you make the movement, the action, the you push stuff forward, the more it reacts to you, you know? Like, if you just, like, sit back and you just do your thing, you probably know what your your world is going to be, what your future looks like what the um, outcome is going to be of your world but if you start pushing all over the place and you start moving stuff you know you're moving your either your work you know some people like yeah i said fuck it i quit i fucking quit you know and you're like what how'd you do that or you ever hear those people like that drop out of college with one semester left and you're like what are you crazy but they do it you know and um I just feel like there's always an element to me. Like that's the other thing is when you're pushing and you're pushing towards stuff and you're moving goals and you're moving ideas, you are challenging the world around you to change. You know, it's not just challenging yourself to change. You're challenging the world around you to change for you. So if you're like, well, this is what I want to do. I want to do X, Y, or Z, and I'm going to just do it. You might not be right, you know, and you might fail, but whatever it is that you're pushing, it's going to force the world to move around you, you know, I guess. And which is always the scary part of it all. The, the scary part is like, shit, what if, what if I push in the wrong direction? What if I make the wrong choice? You know, what if I, what if I make the right choice and it's something that's going to be harder or... Put it this way, I'm sure any of us that are doing one thing right now, you know, and we've been doing it for a long time, and, uh, you know, whether it's stand-up comedy, or whether it's accounting, or whether it's uh, being a stay-at-home parent, or whether it's um, putting up with someone's bullshit, you know, or whether it's uh, not going back to school to finish your degree, or, you know, whatever it is, we all have something that we're sitting there and we wonder one we I think cuz I think the fear of it is a number of things. The fear is that you're going to fail, obviously. That's that's the most common one we think. But I think the other one is and I think we I don't know if you guys know this, but I I feel is like that you're going to succeed. And then it's going to be can you keep up with it or is it going to be hard to succeed? Are you, is it going to be like, because right now, you know the deal. As you get older, you get set in your ways. Not just like, not just your habits or your work, but like your perspective, um, your willingness to, um, you're just more malleable when you're young. You know, it's it goes back to that skiing when you're young. Like if you start your kids skiing at a young age, it's not fearful at 14 you've built in fears you've built in these ideas that you can't do you know let alone 44 which is why i'm going to make myself take this snowboard class because i'm like well i got to you know i can't like what example am i setting for my kids if i'm like if i'm not willing to try something that's out of my comfort zone that 
I guess I, I, it's not a because I think once I just say, well, I'm going to try, and that's just it. I, and I don't give myself a choice. That was what I did the first time I did stand up. I was standing in the back of the room, and I was super nervous. And I was watching the guy on stage, and I knew at the end of what he was saying, I was going to have to get up in front of that room of people and try to make them laugh. You know, I was sitting in the back of the comedy store, this was like five nights ago, with Liza Traeger, Liza Traeger, who I love. And I was like, do you ever just like, I look over and I go, hey, do you ever sit here and you're watching the comic before you and you just think, oh, in eight minutes... I'm going to have to be on that stage making these people laugh. And she goes, no, I never think that. I was like, oh, okay. And I'm sitting there like, yeah, if I haven't done stand-up in a while or I don't want to do stand-up, which is something that I don't know if you hear from a lot of stand-ups, that's something that always is me. I'm like, yeah, I don't always want to make people laugh. I don't always want to get up there. I Sometimes like during the holidays, I just want to be home and I don't, Especially if I don't have new material. Like, when you have new material, you can't wait to get on stage. Like, oh. Like, I wrote this joke, I think it was, like, four months ago now. Maybe. Maybe three months ago. I'm already tired of it. I'm already like, I don't know. Whatever. Like, because, you know, you have to put the energy. You're like, is it new enough? Is it? And I see the results in myself. Like, if I'm not giving the full love and passion of stand-up in my material, it doesn't hit with them. You know, it's that's the way my material is. I'm not like a very strong joke writer where some people, the writing is so strong. And then that's sometimes I'm like, well, maybe that's what needs to be. Your writing needs to be better to be a better stand-up. I don't know. Um, anyway, I think it's that like, uh, that was that was why I'm not scared of the snowboard lesson because I'm just committing to it that I'm going to do it. And that's what stand-up was. But I think for some of these other things, like life-changing, like, trust me, there are things I have that I want to do. And I'm just like, oh, well, if I do that, what if I'm not the best at it, you know? Or And then part of me is like, well, what if I am great at it? Then what do I have to do? Then I have to adapt to that life of, like, now I have to change into that person that goes along with that, you know? Actually, now I'm saying it, I think it's all bullshit. It's fear-based. It's not success-based. Big fucking deal. What, you're going to be really good at something? Shut up. <laughs> I do wonder that. I do wonder. There are, there are changes I want to make, and I'm interested because I haven't done my goals yet, you guys. Um, I haven't had a chance to just like be alone. We've been entertaining every single day, and I need to like just be alone, sit by myself, take out a pad of paper, and then I do a couple drafts. Like I do a couple drafts because then I write one out of like all the stuff. And then I look at stuff and I recategorize. And I'm like, yeah, what do I really want that to be? Like am I just writing that down? Do I really care about that? And I think this year I'm really going to trim it down. I usually do so many things. I'm going to trim it down. And I'm going to make it more like a, I guess like a to-do list. Like there's, there's some things that are like wouldn't be goals. You know, like I haven't, I stopped smoking weed you know, this is going to sound crazy, but one of my goals is going to be to smoke weed like maybe once a week or once every two weeks. How unfucking weed is that saying? <laughs> you know what I mean? You don't hear fucking people who smoke weed be like, you know what I need to do? Regiment it more. And weed people are like, yeah, man, I smoke, dude. That's it, bro. Chills me out. And I'm like, 
I need to smoke once a week to once. I have to remind myself to try and smoke weed once in a while because the one thing it does do for me that I love is it expands my mind creatively. So if I just sat out here by myself, smoked a joint, put on some music, lit my, uh, my salt rock lamp and had my laptop out to just like, you know, work on paperwork or whatever, I would come up with probably 10 different ideas. And then when I'm sober, I can look at them and be like, oh yeah, this is a good idea. This is a good idea. And I just don't do that anymore. And like, for me, it's really easy to get wrapped up in like the to-do list of life, you know, instead of like just chilling out and letting life come to me, you know? So that's something I'm going to do. Anyway, I'm going to get on that and I'm going to get it done. And, uh, now I'm gonna go play with my kids because, uh, we got some Lego stuff to build and my daughter has made a fake pool in the living room and all of her babies are in there, not in the pool. They're on the dock that she made. She calls all of her stuffed animals her babies. She's like, my babies told me I'm like, they tell you stuff. She's like, yeah, they tell me stuff. And you're like, all right. Um, so I'm gonna go play with them. And again, I apologize about last week's app. It's not going to happen again. And, I look forward to writing out my goals and I look forward to the goals that I have for this podcast. And I want to say thanks to all of you again for one. You, you did the year with me. For those of you who, who came on at some point throughout the year, I thank you for being here. For those of you that have been here since jump street, you're the ones I appreciate the most because it's changed. The podcast has changed from when it started last January till now for sure in a number of, in so many different capacities. And you guys have stuck with me because you believe in like what I'm trying to do. And I hope I can repay that this year by doing more. And again, holidaybakeryproductions at gmail.com is my email. Holidaybakeryproductions at gmail.com is my email. You can hit me up whenever you want. Tell me things you like. Give me feedback. Because for me, you guys are my you guys are what I'm making this for, you know, like the Christmas special I made for all of you. Do I make it for the world? Yeah. But I make it with the intention of making something for the people that are listening to this podcast every week who listen to my stand up, who my short films, that's what it's for, you know, all in hopes of making something that, you know, more people will enjoy. So I appreciate you all. I hope you had a great new year. And have a great year. And I'll talk to you next week.